everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for September. Um, joining me, um, I've got a couple of fellas who um, they're kind of like the James Bonds of the tabletop <laughs> Kickstarter scene at the moment. You know, you could say they're maybe not in the sea, so they're maybe not, you know, Maybe they're, maybe they might just live twice. We don't know. Um, they're definitely not octopusy. They're possibly moonrakers, though, because <laughs> they're here to inject. They're here to inject some fun directly into our veins. Because from IV Studios, and I meant that we've got Austin Harrison and we've got Zach Dixon. So, hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. No, um, the pleasure is entirely mine because, um, you know, I, I, I doth my cap and I tug my forelock four at thee um, because you have a Kickstarter called Moonrakers. See, I wasn't just being clever and smart, um, <laughs> which is doing some cash. It's doing some money and it's not because you've appeared on the show. It's almost like you've successful and now you're just about to rub it in my face while you are <laughs> successful. Um, but joking aside, you're doing really, really well. I mean, congratulations. You're over $224,000 at the moment with almost 3,500 backers. And still you've got about, um, you've got well, just under 20 days. You've got about 90, 18, 19 days to go at the time of recording this. Um, I guess the first thing is, um, what's mood like in camp? I mean, Austin, how how's things feeling at the moment? You must be over the moon. I hate yeah, to say we're no, no, over the moon. There would be a lot of space jokes. Uh, yeah, no, we're absolutely thrilled. I mean, when you put something like this out there, you just have no idea what to expect. And mm-hmm. I remember clicking the launch button and just being like, well. Here we go. And by the time the launch page had loaded, mm-hmm. there were already like five to 10 backers. And I was like, how did they even know? Like, it just was so fast. And so at that point, we just kind of like buckled up and, and we're along for yeah. the ride and we're just blown away by the response. Um, because this is your, I'm right in saying, is this your first game that you've had out there? Yeah, you've not is. had any yeah, any for- previous experience at all, no? First tabletop game, yes. Uh, we we did uh, ship a video game uh, a couple years ago called Bouncy Smash, but this is our first kind of physical product, first tabletop game. I need to hear about Bouncy Smash. What's that all about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I guess more, more background on our studio. We are um, actually a commercial animation studio. So, that's kind oh, of our, okay. our okay. up until this point, bread and butter. Uh, we work with 
uh, clients like Bad Robot, Netflix, Amazon uh, uh-huh. to kind of help them. Yeah, we, we help them create uh, commercial animations. Um, and then we kind of branched into uh, game development uh, a couple years ago and made a mobile game called Bouncy Smash. Um, features a uh, bouncy ball named Arlo who bounces and smashes uh, his way to destroying a bunch of uh, robot baddies. Uh, it's, 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 uh, I think quite a, quite a good time. And, um, yeah, we'd love to make more video games in the future as well. But, um, we had a, a, an idea for a tabletop game and we ran with it. Uh, and that was Moonrakers. I mean, are you both, I mean, is it, a, are you kind of guys like a Friday afternoon down tools and let's get some stuff on the table? Is that the kind of the way the office is? Or, <laughs> I mean, do you play, do you play games together kind of outside of work? Are you both kind of quite, big kind of tabletop fans yourselves definitely um i would i would say but probably about half of so iv total um is there's 11 full-timers um but not out of that group uh there were four of us um that worked on moonrakers Mm -hmm. um in in a big way and so i'd say about half of us are 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 pretty into uh board games we've we've got a group of us who play gloomhaven um as often as we can. Yeah, as often as we can. <laughs> so we're probably about mm-hmm. what, like 20, 20 uh, qu- dungeons or what are they called? Yeah, in that? twenty episodes. Twenty in, episodes yeah. into that, wow. and yeah, so we um, we we have had a Dungeons and Dragons group for a little while in the yeah. office, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Austin did all the the wonderful work of of. DMing, DMing. I was everything. terrible at it. But no, you I were great. Fun. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> yeah. But did he do voices? Oh, go ahead. Did, um, I did, did you but do they voices? all sounded like the same old man. <laughs> I just couldn't <laughs> get away from that same. Can you voice. do? Can uh, you do one for us now? Can you do a frightened oh, no. owl bear? Can you? Come oh, on. No. No, I think that's a bad idea. Could um, you be a bad guy? Do a bad guy and say you're all going to the dungeon. Could you do that? <laughs> I can do a fantastic Smeagol. Am I allowed to do that, or is that? I, I've totally like this is. Just do this as long as it's under five seconds. You should be fine. Hi. I don't think Pete Jackson stopped listening when I said uh, exactly. when I said his last board game wasn't that great. So it's fine. Oh. <laughs> do that. Well, they relaunched it. You know, District yeah. 9's relaunched. People didn't like the fact there was no, it was all no asymmetry in the last version that they did. Wait. They've released a new version, so it's fine. Do your smoothie. Is, is is Weta a Peter Jackson thing? Did I yeah. not know that? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. All right, well, I'll, I'll go for it. I think I'm going to get yelled at after this podcast. For I'm, it, I'm, I'm, that's totally, right. I'm totally up for this. Come on, let's do it. All right. I'll tell you what, I'll so, lead you in. I'll oh. do Gandalf, right? <laughs> okay. And then wow. you go for it. Okay, 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 okay. Where is the ring, you disgusting little oaf? Oh, please don't hurt us, Mr. Gandalf, sir. We're still no I will take your side later. You sit down there. <laughs> I must go. I am late. But a wizard is never late. Um, so there you go. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, terrible. Um, terrible. Um, terrible impressions aside. Um, yeah. So you're going through kind of like the, the Gloomhaven side of things. But that's a pretty big campaign and a very, very involved campaign. So... What kind of spurned you on to kind of say, well, actually, guys, where did where did where did Moonrakers kind of come from? You know, where, yeah, where, so where was the I, first kind of ideas? 
Yeah, Zach and I have been playing games together since college, and some of our favorites involve, most of them involve space, but yeah. Galaxy Trucker, uh, Cosmic Encounters, Dominion mm-hmm. uh, are all just big favorites of ours. And I think there's definitely some inspiration to be seen in Moonrakers from from each of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for us, like Gloomhaven's obviously a very cooperative experience. Yeah. Um, and we like cooperative games, but we're also extremely competitive and love having a winner at the end. And so I think we, going into Moonrakers, kind of wanted a little bit of both. Yeah, and I think something that we kind of bring to all of our projects, even our our commercial animation um, types of products, is we we try to think about how how does an experience make us feel. And so it, it kind of started from that. It's like how do we make a game that puts us in a place that it feels like we're we're in a story that might be you know, at home in like a Star Trek or a Star Wars mm-hmm. universe, right? Like what what is that going to be like to to go on a mission with our friends? And, and can we build an experience around something like that? Um, and so that's kind of where it began. Um, and then um, we were able to kind of bring in Max, who's, who's one of our other um, – game designers and then also we, we've uh, worked with Alex Grendling who did the art um, and we've worked with him also on Bouncy Smash and a few other things and he brought his kind of um, incredible flair and and design sensibilities to the project that also kind of cemented that universe um, and then with Moonrakers in general we there's a few things that we really um, love and I think we'll bring to all of kind of our, our games to the future is we, is we really value um Games that have some kind of social aspect, right? Like we, you know, we, we've got our friends gathered around a table. Like we want to interact with each other. We want to, there, there'll be a lot of table talk and some like um, bartering and social interaction. And and um, you can definitely feel that in Moonwreckers. Uh, and the yeah. other thing that we, we wanted to bring into it as well is like very little downtime. Um, we, we want to be able to be involved in other people's turns. And so kind of. Um, with that, with those kind of values, that's kind of, of where we started with Moonrakers and we just kind of try to build towards that experience. Did you, um, because you guys are in kind of like a creative production kind of environment, were you quite organized and disciplined about the way that you were putting the kind of the development together? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that in an animation situation, you decide the idea you decide how you're going to execute it. You storyboard it. You then decide from a technical mm-hmm. point of view the number of different shots that you want. You then div- design the individual shots. You decide on the execution. And then you put the thing together after, you know, testing how different animations would work and how everything kind of ties together. Did you try and maintain that same discipline um, when you were approaching Moonrakers or was it a little bit more of an organic process, kind of everything kind of coming together? I think we, I think a little bit of both. I think one of the things that was tricky, obviously, is we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. This is, it's our first time doing anything like this, um, especially at, at this scale. Like we, we had never shipped a physical product before. So there's a lot of learning curve involved in yeah. that. Um and then also, like, in, in the prototyping phase, um, you know, I, ideally it would be like, you know, we, we set up a project schedule and some deadlines and it's like, yeah, we need to have our, you know, gameplay mechanics done by this date. Mm-hmm. Um, which and, we did. Yeah, which we it did. it didn't work. And, and we, we <laughs> built a prototype and our first prototype was awful. It was, it was no <laughs> good. It was no fun. Yeah. And, 
And yeah, so it definitely took substantially longer than we thought it would. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it was a blast to work on and, and we got it somewhere that we ended up loving. Um, but yeah, no, that we definitely hit some, some hurdles along the way, especially, um, just because it was our first time doing it. Is the, um, is the version of the game that's currently sitting on Kickstarter, is, was there a huge amount of stuff that you kind of stripped out or was there stuff that you ended up having to kind of add in um, as you went through the process? Yeah, it was definitely a lot of stripping out. Yeah. Um, the first iteration of the game was was very, very involved. It was um, much longer missions. There was like HP on your ship and there were like um, – like battles and enemy ships and they had enemy decks and we we essentially stripped all that away and and just kind of came down to contract cards mm -hmm. uh that had you know some very simple requirements on it and because it, essentially that's that was the process of the whole thing right it's like let's let's get rid of anything that we don't love and let's hang mm -hmm. on and enhance the things the little things that are fun and and let's make sure we can find a way to do those things over and over and over again and those things ended up being you know um allying with each other and kind of negotiating building an awesome ship yeah building an awesome yeah. ship and and building a deck that you love that feels unique um and let's also find a way to make sure that that building of a ship can can feel drastically different from every single playthrough so it's fresh every time you come at it was it was it the general idea to go to kickstarter from the beginning because i i, I know that's kind of like that seems to be what a lot of people can naturally drift to did you consider or did you consider actually approaching kind of like a publisher at the time or were you just like Shh, I, I wouldn't even know how to approach a publisher so let's take <laughs> yeah. this to kickstarter yeah i think we loved the idea of kickstarter because there weren't any middlemen and we could be mm -hmm. very connected to the audience and be very like listen to the people that are you know investing in the game and I, I liked mm. those aspects of it but it also gave us like a pretty clear path there are a lot of really great um, resources online of like hey this is kind of how you do this and it, it just yeah. gave us stepping stones to get there um, I mean the the Stonemeyer blog is, is probably one of the most talked about Kickstarter resources but really just was huge for kind of giving us the milestones along the way to get there yeah and I think yeah. another and another thing, publishers are great um, and and can be very helpful with certain things. But I think the way that our studio is set up, we, we're we're used to marketing. That's what we we do all the time. We we make videos for people that help sell products or um, advertise their services, and so we wanted kind of the opportunity to do that for ourselves. Um, so we we kind of wanted to use this as a practice of like let's build an audience for something let's let's learn how to target advertising on facebook and instagram and let's let's build those out let's see what works and doesn't work let's build our yeah. own email list and kind of yeah it, i mean overall we we knew going into it, it was going to be one big really big learning experience and, and moving forward we want to make more games we want to make more board games and video games um we want to make our own intellectual property um and so this was really just a, a grand experiment of like can we do this as a studio and and let's take what worked and what didn't work and and bring that to the future projects that we're going to work on how did you um how did you find with the um the, the kind of the community I mean, I'm I'm assuming that there is kind of like on somewhere there is a kind of a 
there's an animation kind of Facebook group and there's film Facebook groups and you guys all sit around and <laughs> and have discussions on that. Was did you find that it was a similar kind of community? I mean, did you reach out into the kind of the tabletop community through kind of social media and start interacting to find out find your audience from there, or you know how did how did you how did you approach the kind of your audience? How do you find your audience from from basically from nothing? Yeah, it, at first it was very much just like kind of shouting into an empty room. We were just posting consistently every day and. Mm-hmm. The algorithms, I guess, really like that and just start showing it to more and more people. And so, mm-hmm. at first, it was just, oh, hey, this artwork's cool. I'm going to give you a follow. And and yeah. that was a slow conversation that we built up over three, four months before launch um, that we were posting daily. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it started growing with people that had playtested the game, maybe at Gen Con or in Nashville or people we sent copies to because we sent out a lot of copies for people to play. And just to give a call out to our Discord, they have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, just 150 people in there that give us feedback on almost everything we do before we do it. And mm-hmm. just are really, really passionate about the game. A lot of them have already played the game. But that community did kind of like come organically, but a lot of them are seeing the game because they saw an ad originally too. Mm-hmm. So it's a good mix of people that we had come to us and people that we went out and found. Okay. One of the things we... One of the things that we wanted to do as well is just make sure we had a lot of content. So we did um, a lot of photo shoots um, and we we made things like we made a graphic novel that kind of explains the backstory. Um, yeah. We made like a, a, a fun kind of opening title sequence for the Kickstarter. We're trying to build that world and I think that helps invite people in. But also we, we invested really heavily in art. Um, Alex uh, Grendling is um, a, a world-class artist um, and we knew that that was really the the only way that we're going to stand out is if if things look great um and and he was just a, a huge part of that and i think that's what really kind of um let us kind of get that snowball rolling down the hill totally. um uh, as we kind of started sharing moonrakers with the world it, it led me to answer the email almost immediately i think I think when you sent out when you reached out to us originally about kind of talking about kind of having a organizing this yeah. I think the first I'm a big kind of I'm a you know um, I'm th- you know I'm thirsty for good art basically <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I love That's a good, good bit of art and you know and um, when your email came in and you said okay well here's goes like okay I don't really care what this game is about I just know <laughs> I need to see some more of that sweet sweet art and that was it. And it's kind of like that's that was the kind of the way I like the kind of the abstractness of it. I like the kind of the I don't know how you describe it. Am I am I right in saying it's almost like pointillism in terms of how it's graphically being produced? Lots of little dots, and I kind of loved that. And it was a case of yes, I need to speak to these people, um, even <laughs> if it's for five minutes, and it was just to kind of find out. But I think um, just looking at even the campaign page, the the kind of the professionalism you can tell that this is something you guys kind of do in a different aspect on a day-to-day basis just with the way that you've kind of the way you've kind of done that do you think that's kind of helped 
people landing on the page that even though you know if you look at it it looks like well you've you've kind of you've broken the cardinal rule of Kickstarter because you've only backed 23 projects you've not backed like 150 <laughs> like other companies done and you've only created you hadn't created anything before do you think that campaign the way you'd done the campaign page was that I mean, that's obviously helped, but was there a lot of work that went into that? I mean, you've got oh, animations yeah. on there, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was a, a whole lot of work. We were, um, a lot of very, very late nights. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like so many animations on the Kickstarter page, the, um, and also the animation that, um, kind of closes out our Kickstarter video. Um, just tons of late nights. It, it was, it was a blast to work on, but yeah, you're right. I mean, tons, tons of work. Um, but one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure that any interaction you have with mm. Moonrakers and really anything that Ivy does, like we, we want you to know that we're going to put everything we've got into it. Um, mm -hmm. because that's, that's what we want to put into the world. Like we, we want you, I, I think it really helps build confidence as well too. Like every single part of that Kickstarter page, we, we slaved over and we, we changed twice and redid it because we wanted to instill that confidence because we haven't built that confidence yet. Yeah. Um, it's the only way that we can, we can say like, Hey, you don't know us. Uh, you don't know this game. Um, mm. but it's, it's, we're doing everything we can to make it as, as great as possible. And we're, we're trying not to overlook any details. Yeah. Were you, um, were you tempted to put little spaceship animations in some of your client's stuff to subliminally pass the message <laughs> about, and also in a kind of dodgy dealing thing, is there kind of like a department head of Netflix who found he also helped to pay for several rocket ships and went, oh, these are cool. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the next series of Fuller's House. I didn't realize it was set in space. But they, we'll, keep the, we'll keep the rocket animations like, thank goodness, you helped pay for this. But no, um, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, I was going to say, but the, in terms of the, the kind of the, no, the, the serious question is obviously in the rocket ships, how big were the fights in the office about which rocket ships were allowed in the game and how many of you kind of managed to get your little designs on the cards? Because <laughs> well, I know that happened. Was... <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we all, all the ships are designed by Alex. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, that's not true. Uh, Michael did some as well too. Yeah. One of our one of our yeah. art directors yeah. on staff. So, um, you didn't design yeah, a ship was, then. There's I not. did not design a ship. No, um, no. It, it was. It's pretty much just do a little sketch and then kind of move through to execution from there. So, not, Austin, not, did you design a ship? You designed the ship secretly, didn't if you? If I designed a ship, it would look like the equivalent of a stick figure ship. <laughs> I am not a designer, sadly. Help, we're uh, getting attacked by a donut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It would look like a donut. Yeah. That's a shame. But I mean, as I but I mean, did you, as the art's kind of getting produced on the game, are you starting to think, like, when you were developing, are you starting to think, well, this is something special i mean how long was it before you kind of put the kind of all of the art together did you just put a couple of kind of sample designs in the decks to give an idea or did you kind of go all out on everything 
Yeah, so the art actually took quite a while to make, and I yeah. was impatient and had made really <laughs> terrible, like, black and white, like, stickers on blank cards copies. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the first few playtesters played with zero art almost, and it was really terrible. Um, but as we went, we, we got a base, like, illustration for a shield, a thruster, mm-hmm. a weapon. And at that mm-hmm. point, we made an actual deck with just the same illustration over and over for each part. And that really helped, even though it was repeated. And then just the difference between that and then finally getting the final art in our playtest versions, like that day Mm -hmm. felt so good where it was just like, oh my gosh, like everything's unique. And I don't know, that was the first time I was like, oh man, I can take this to, you know, the local game group in Nashville and show it to them and not feel weird about it. Because before I'd just been making so many excuses because it was my terrible art. Um, But that was a big moment for sure. What's what's cooler, finishing finishing the kind of having a kind of a working copy of Moonrakers in your hand or finishing like a project for a really big client or is it I love I love my children equally or was it like in the (laughs) sense of satisfaction that obviously there is a sense of creating something for some someone else but you know it's paying the bills but actually creating something and having it sitting in your hand what was kind of cooler oh I mean don't get me wrong. We love we love all of our clients, and, and we love the work that we get to do for them. But there, there's nothing that compares to to making something for ourselves. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I think that's ultimately the most satisfying thing. Is like we we made something from scratch, and at this point, thirty five hundred people decided that they wanted to buy that, and that is just yeah. so cool. Um, and we are so thankful to all of those people. It's just it. Um, there's nothing better than that. How did you feel when it funded? I mean, because it sounds to me, you've, you, you obviously, you know how to market. But then I have seen projects. I mean, I've been doing this for far too long. But I have seen projects that I thought that were dead certs kind of splutter and stall along. And I've seen other things like yourselves just take off, you know, catch fire. They're hitting the kind of the, the stratosphere and beyond. Were you... I mean, did you, were you really, I mean, were you just sitting going, what <laughs> kind of thing? Is this how it's meant to go? Or were you kind of, were you confident in, I mean, with you studying marketing, I'm guessing you looked at projections and conversion rates and stuff like that. Were you kind of surprised or were you kind of like, well, we had a kind of an inkling that might kind of go this way? Uh, I think, I mean, honestly, a little bit of both, but we also were operating on like three hours of sleep <laughs> yeah. because we had just been spending so much time working on the page. So we got it and I was just responding to comment after comment and social media posts. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, we funded. Like it was like surprised just because <laughs> I didn't even realize any time had gone by. Yeah. Um, and then Zach, I think immediately had to start working on a client project that you'd been putting yeah. off. Oh yeah. So like when, when that funded, Zach was actually like heads down on a project. And so wow. we kind of had to take a moment and be like, oh my gosh, it funded. Um, because uh, I think it funded. It was an hour and six minutes. Is that what it funded? Sixty sixty-four minutes. I oh, think hour and four minutes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So wow. that blew us away. We did not expect it to fund that fast. Uh, that's not. that. Is, yeah. That was that, that was huge. that is that's that's incredible. That's that's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to ask you separately, and then um, I want you to both give me an idea of how you play the game. You're not allowed to confer. Okay, so I want. 
what you can just cover your ears. It's like Mister Mister and Mrs. or something like that. You know, you get that on <laughs> US TV. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, you know, can you give us a rundown? I guess either of you. This is fine. You, either you can. It's not a bonus question. You're not going to win a microwave or anything like that. The car oh, is man. the money. The money in the car is still safe. You've banked that so far. But can you tell me if I'm sitting with a deck of these fabulous looking cards? What am I going to be doing in Moonrakers? What's around like? And um, either of you can pick. I'll pick a letter between A and Z. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so wait, so you're looking for what, um, like, just what gameplay is like? Yes, please. Yeah, I know. I went a convoluted way around this. This is why I don't pitch to people. You know, <laughs> I can't get my point across. Somebody, please help me. Help me dig myself out of this hole. Tell me how to play the game. Um, yeah, um, uh, let's see, given it, so it's, it's basically all centers around completing contracts. So Moonrakers is a deck builder, uh, one to five players centers around completing contracts to, uh, earn prestige, which, um, the winner of the game, uh, scores 10 prestige, making you the leader of the Moonrakers. Um, and then you earn credits, which then let you buy crew and ship parts to Hire kind of, crew. Oh, excuse me. Oh, did I say buy crew? You said buy crew that. again. That's, that's yeah. not good. You don't buy people. No. Um, yeah, you earn credits to buy ship parts and hire crew, which makes your deck better, allowing you to go on more difficult and crazy contracts that get you more prestige and more credits. Um, and then all the while, you are um, essentially tackling contracts together with the people you're playing with. So you may invite allies to join you to take on contracts that you might be able to not do on your own. Um, and then you need to kind of barter who's going to get what rewards, uh, go back and forth. Um, and yeah, first person to get 10 prestige wins the game. Yeah. Some of the the favorite parts that are just kind of come out from playtesting. Um, there's no like HP counters on your ship or anything. Every contract hmm. has a, uh, amount of hazard dice that you have to roll. And basically, these just rec re represent the things that could go wrong on the contract. So, even if you finish the contract and succeed, maybe you ran head on, headlong into an asteroid. And so, that didn't make you look very prestigious. And so, you can actually go down in prestige, which is our victory points, if you happen to roll poorly. Um, so, if there's a contract that was worth one prestige and you rolled one hazard dice and it said you had two hazards on it, if you couldn't block those with shields during the contract, you would actually go negative one. Uh, on that contract. And so a lot of people really like the fact that if they tried a really risky contract alone, they had the opportunity to go big and get big points, but mm -hmm. they had to roll a lot of dice. And so they could go down as a result of that. But if they work together, they kind of spread that risk out. And it's a lot easier to block one or two hazards than it is four, and especially because yeah. there's only two shields in your deck when you start. So the game kind of forces you to be friendly in the beginning. And I think that's right. my favorite part because I love that competitive or uh, that cooperative feel. Um, yeah. And so it's almost like you have to decide when am I going to turn the corner and really start focusing on getting points myself to win. I think uh, and kind of another uh, one of my favorite parts is just like kind of the crazy amount of combinations that you can do um, each game. So your ship has four different um, ship part slots. Each ship part has – it's almost they like – 
special rule that just applies to you. So uh, maybe it it makes your reactors perform better or your engines perform better. Um, but with the cards that we have with crew and ship parts, I think we calculated something like 184 billion possible deck combinations. Um, so that variety e- each time you come back, I think is also uh, something that we're, we're really stoked about. Um, and then also, if you want to know how to play the game, we've got a, a bunch of great videos. Um, we've got like a 140 second version uh, on YouTube. If you just Google 140 seconds Moonrakers, we also have like a full kind of how minute, to, 15 yeah. minute how to play. It goes through like going on a few contracts, what that looks like. Um, and then we've also got a game the game episode uh, where you can watch uh, me play with Becca Scott and Mark Street. Mark Street and oh, cool. Eliza. Eliza, yeah. yeah. Eliza. Yeah, so that was super fun being on set for that. Really loved that. Um, was that done through in kind of industry contacts? Because I don't know many people who would just kind of walk on to kind of like game the game, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it's, there is like, they sit down and like take a look at your game, you send them the game, but it is also a paid advertising thing. So they're okay. they're looking at games to make sure like, yeah, this is something we think can be successful. Um, and so there's like an approval process, but then it also is a paid thing. Cool. Um, the little ships. Tell me about the little ships. What made you decide to actually put the kind of the little ships in the game? That's a good question. A good question. I think so. We actually made an entire trailer. Yeah. And cut it together. Um, and it it never we never finished it. Um, because some story elements of the game changed and yeah. it no longer kind of worked for what we needed it to. But part of this trailer, we actually made a 3D version of three of the ships. So it was like, you know, full out CG, like looks photo real. Yeah. And we're like, wow, these dog look, fights. Yeah, these, these look them. awesome. Yeah. It was like this kind of like, almost like imagine like a scene from Star Wars is like, mm-hmm. you know, TIE Fighter versus X-Wing kind of like, like contract mission moment. Obi-Wan versus Django asteroids. Yeah, yeah exactly like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, And, but we saw what the ships looked like in 3D and we're like, wow, this is really fun. (laughs) I wonder if we Mm -hmm. could 3D print these. And so do we have, do we have Max 3D print one to start Uh, uh to test? Max made a model based on the model that we used in the video. And then he 3D printed printed one to test, but then we wanted to color them. So I went out and bought a bunch of spray paint (laughs) and that did not go well. I still have some of those. Doesn't, didn't look look great. They look terrible. And so we were like, (laughs) all right, we have to get colored resin to do this. And so we had some of our friends here in Nashville at, um, fractal hardware they printed these on their form 3d printer for us and they are amazing but as soon as you put them in a box and ship it across the country those little guys do not hold up very well so luckily for the people that have done the play testing i can happily say that not only will there be a box insert in the final version that will protect them but we will not be using 3d printed miniature ships they will be fully cast in PVC and they're yep. going to be much better. But we were really happy with them until we shipped them. Yeah. Because you're going to end up otherwise with like five little puddles of color. <laughs> yeah, <up>. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Basically. If we're going to be, this is great, but why did you send me the chewed gum? Thanks for yeah. that. Guys, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, is th- From a business point of view, because obviously you guys kind of, you know, you've got your different kind of um, – the company kind of going on and this must be exciting for you to kind of reach this level of funding you've got the deliverables and everything like that to go on top is this something you're going to look as an addition to the business 
because from what I know, I know people who have done quarter of a million on Kickstarter. I know people who have done a hundred and forty thousand dollars on Kickstarter, and the, the the same thing comes up and up and again and again, which is, yes, I know I did that amount of money, but I also had to spend about ninety five percent of mm-hmm. it in order to get the kind of the, the project kind of out of there. So, totally. are you looking? I take it. Are you looking at this with excitement to say this is great? But is it a case? Is there is there going to be a, a games division now of Ivy going forward? Is that something that you went? Oh, well, actually, maybe we can do kind of more games. That is definitely the goal, um, and I think we are we are well on our way there. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely something we'll take stock of and, and figure out exactly how that might uh, happen. Kind of moving forward, this is you know we definitely invested a lot ahead of time in Moonrakers. Um, yeah. And and that was evidenced in in you know hiring Alex for the art it was evidenced in Austin uh, spending you know his his year uh, of salary time on on Moonrakers and then yeah. also you know we've we've invested a lot in advertising as well too so um, but at the same time we've we've got Sam who is is also one of the makers of Moonrakers he's he's um, owns IV with me um, he has um, kind of been behind the scenes. Doing all of you know all the spreadsheets, making sure we're we're hitting our margins on each each copy of Moonrakers that we sell, so we make sure mm-hmm. that we can sustain this, that we can kind of push forward into um, you know making more games, making uh, expansions for Moonrakers, um, and yeah, so so a lot of this is really in hopes of setting up a, a, a full-time staff that can um, continue to work on things like Moonrakers moving forward. Um, yeah. And, and we'll definitely have to re- kind of reevaluate all of that after, after we kind of wrap up this first one and, and kind of see what's next. But um, in, yeah, in, in that sense, to answer your question a very long way, yes, we, we would love to have <laughs> a, um, to this to be the start of kind of a, a full-time staff just working on on games at IV. Have you um have you had to go back to the drawing board with regards to stretch goals? Because I mean yeah, I know so that there's some there's some businesses that have obviously they build that in. I mean, you know, Simon naturally follow kind of like let's get funded and then we've got lovely stretch goals where you're like kind of going guys we've hit two hundred thousand dollars we've no idea what we're going to be doing next <laughs> let's go to the post-it note board and see what we can do kind of thing yeah so one of our our main things going forward and just kind of a part of our company too is like just trying to to make things that we would enjoy and that we mm. we want to play and for that that meant making it a really high quality game. Um, yeah. Things like metal coins aren't usually in a base version of the game. And and some people didn't like that, but for us, it was like that. that's what we want to play and that's what we want to make. And so we just put all the stuff that we think would normally be in stretch goals in the game. Like we could have easily taken out all the purple cards from the game and had each of those be a stretch goal. We could have made the yeah. cards just a base level card because the purple cards, sorry, are the best cards in the game. They're like the top tier of each ship part that they're in. Um, yeah. And then we could have made the cards a low quality and then gone to black core, but we started there. And so there was just so many things that were like, we don't want to risk not hitting that stretch goal and then not have that in the game. Yeah. Um, and and then the other part, and this was this is all all Sam's idea uh, as well. It's just like what, we don't want to get carried away with stretch goals and kind of eat away at any kind of um, profits that will help us to continue to make um, games, continue to make Moonrakers expansions, all that great stuff. And so yeah. uh, um, we we just wanted to make sure 
that you know everything about Moonrakers in from the budget side is is carefully planned. It's it's planned in a way that we'll have enough um, wouldn't make enough money off of each game to advertise, and then also make enough money to continue making games to to um, kind of be able to move forward and also support this game. Um, so all those things kind of come together and kind of our reasoning behind not doing stretch goals. Yeah, and then we actually yeah. saved some stuff to to announce through updates, one of which which happened today. So from the very beginning, we've been planning on doing um, spot UV on the boards and on the box. And, and yeah. that's just been the plan from the start. But we didn't tell anyone that until today, except for one guy in the comments was like, you guys should really do some UV on this. And I <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, well, <laughs> we're planning on it, but you'll find out more in a week. Um, so uh, we have a few more surprises like that um, that we're looking forward to sharing. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't feel like we needed the stretch goals to, to get the excitement when we knew we were going to be sharing content about the making of the game and then the cards in the game. And, and yeah, it just didn't feel necessary. Yeah. And as uh, I think, um, Zach said, it's really important. You've got to know when you've got to say stop and the stretch goals are reached. And if you fund us more, then it just means more people are going to be getting the best version of the game possible and I have seen kind of other campaigns kind of almost suffer in the end product because the stretch goals kind of some of them added quality of life and some of them were adding on kind of bits in the game that you kind of felt were maybe carved out and that's down to kind of that can be down to kind of experience but you're in a lovely place where you've kind of you're funded and you're kind of like well everything else is kind of like a is kind of like a bonus have you got the next game <laughs> in the plannings in the planning stage and are you moving towards more of a fantasy theme potential dungeon based game after your experience with Gloomhaven or am I just fishing to find out some information wow. that was oddly on on point um, we literally had a on my way into work today I called Austin I was like I got an idea for a dungeon crawler and <laughs> Um, very early stages. Very, very early stage. Like literally, like this morning. Um, but we we do not have any like firm. We just got this out the door, so like we yeah. we've been really focusing on that. But um, yeah, I, I we've started thinking about it for sure. Yeah, and I don't think we're done with the Moonrakers universe either. We have a lot oh, definitely of not. Yeah. a lot of cool um, possibilities for expansions after we deliver this guy, and then. I want to do a uh, Moonrakers two, uh, two Moonraker or two Moon two ma two Rakers. Wow, I really screwed that <laughs> joke up, uh, if you will. Um, I think that uh, it's just been such a, a blast working with this art style and yeah, with this backstory, and we think that there's a lot of room to to grow in it. So yeah, I'd love to see um, some kind of FTL type game. With this artwork, I don't know if you're aware of FTL, but it's kind of like a oh, ship. Yes. Yeah, Austin's pumping his fists game. over here. Yeah, I you love know. FTL, and, and I I'd honestly need to listen to the soundtrack while I play Moonrakers. Uh, that and would be I, great. Yeah, I think yeah, I think um, a, a nice little, even a smaller mini game would be managing the kind of the the ship. I'm on a managing the ship kind of trip because I played the captain is dead um, mm. last week and. Um, um, hated and loved that game in equal measure because um, <laughs> because of 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 such a stressful, enjoyable um, kind of time it was. Um, as 
normal price of price on the door, price of entry. You know, I am knocking on the space dock and I want to get in. <laughs> how, how, how much is it going to cost me in space buckaroos in order for you to open up the large door and let me fly inside the base? That sounded strangely wrong. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, there's there's two pledge levels on the page. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one is the base game that has uh, everything in it that you've seen in all the videos that are out on the page. Um, it has the metal mm-hmm. coins and the ship tokens and everything, and that's $55. And then there's a Kickstarter exclusive version that we will never sell again uh, that has... Um, an alien kind of introduced environment. First encounter. Yeah, first encounter. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um, That has alien ship parts, crew, and contracts that are different. Um, Cool. And so it also has an exclusive box art as well that has an alien ship on it. Um, And that's at $65. That's that's kind of very middle pricing as well in terms of I see a lot of um, I see a lot of campaigns sitting about the $100 level now. And to see something yeah. kind of sitting around about fifty five is kind of mid, is kind of like middle priced, middle tier quality kind of game. Yeah, you're kind of knowing, you're kind of giving you an idea of the kind of the weight of the game as well, which is which is pretty cool. And as I say, we've got probably around about eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen days. It's nineteen days while we're recording, but it could be seventeen days by the time I put this wonder together. As long as I decide not to take away Austin's Schmeagel impression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you might as well do know. that now. I might as well not. I think I'm going to keep <laughs> well, I think I'm going to check with my colleague, Zach. Do you think I should keep an Austin Schmeagel impression? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that Schmeagel impression <laughs> what, for over a decade now. So I've you heard know. you've I've heard you've got it as your ringtone. So you yeah. cannot. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be terrifying. It's the phone. It's the phone. That's um, pretty good. There you go. Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, <laughs> man, uh, so much you don't know about me. Um, no. <laughs> But uh, I can only I can only kind of wish you the best of luck kind of going forward in the campaign. If people have listened along and they do want to keep an eye on yourselves, where do you exist on the internet webs? Uh, we exist uh, pretty much everywhere. I mean, obviously, check us out on Kickstarter, um, but you can follow us on, I think, pretty much all the social medias at uh, Moonrakers Game. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter the most, so please reach out to us there. And then also, if you look around, you can uh, find an invite to the Discord. We'd love to chat with you. Austin and I are are on there pretty much every day, just kind of hanging out. Um, we talk about all kinds of things, board games, talk about Moonrakers, uh, talk about expansion ideas, all kinds of fun stuff. So please uh, join us on there. Cool. And I'll make sure that I put all the links in the show notes so that we have got notes to show um thank you very very much gentlemen for coming on um i am delighted the game is doing so well for you thank um you. it looks yeah, like it's you. gonna do it's gonna do an awful lot more before the time the campaign ends um 
If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, there is a couple of ways you can follow us. Just go to the internet webs and search for We're Not Wizards and you shall find us on Instagram and Facebook and our website and our blog, which is we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. If you like to watch the terrible videos that we make, you can search for us <laughs> on YouTube under We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. Um, if you want to continue to listen to us, um, and thank you for listening to us, um, and bless you all. Um, go to one of the podcast catchers of choice. Um, ones that have got pod in them, some that have got cast in them, and some that are so tricky they've got neither, like Player FM and Stitcher and apparently Spotify. And that was just a terrible kind of decision for me to decide to even decide to go down the podcast thing. But there you go. Um, if you like us a lot more, there's a couple of other things you can do. You can tell other people about us because we spread... Just like measles at the moment, <laughs> and we love those anti-vaxxers. Um, <laughs> you can tell somebody else, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can drop us a subscription, or you can drop us a rating, or you can drop us a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating or review, don't give us ten stars because it makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star because it makes us cry. And I am really old, and I'm an ugly crier. Give us something in the middle, like a five. Because it's um, average, and we're just a little bit average. But the uh, the gentlemen who have not been average tonight, I have the rather wonderful Mr. Austin Harrison and his wonderful his wonderful colleague, Mr. Zach Dixon. So thank you very, very much, gentlemen, for joining me today. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, it was a blast talking um, to you. You're very, very welcome. Um, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, gentlemen? No, we're not. No, we are not wizards. Ab- absolutely fantastic. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So, uh, say goodbye, Zach. Oh, goodbye. Say goodbye, Austin. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes. And... Uh, Look, go to the Kickstarter page and check out the art. And if your fingers aren't kind of floating over that pledge button, by the time you've looked at this delightful stuff, you, I, I can't help you. I really can't help you. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. (laughs) 